Good evening, dandies. Welcome to Undetermined, the podcast. When the night is wasted And you call me around <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels much better to, than, than the phone conversations, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're we're getting used to it. We're getting used to it. I'm trying to set up things where it's a little bit more like a cool environment, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got you represented though. Yeah, that's right. Sure. See the... that? I've got you represented. Oh, right? that's yeah. one of the Oh, that's great. You know, like something like that means so much more to a, a billion, you know, record selling artists, uh triple platinum, all that kind of stuff. Like for someone like me or us, should I say? Uh, it's it's lovely, you know. It is a real charm to anybody sort of getting behind uh, a project that's kind of, I suppose, underground, really, you know. Um, but Monday it mightn't be underground, but it is at the moment. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, there it's there's it's almost a double edged sword in some way. There's some fun to the, you know, it's it's my little secret, you know. Um, yeah, I I think there's. Like music fans often will uh, have that pride of discovery, and, it, and 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 with that comes a sort of a little bit of an ownership or something. I, I I get that even with some indie band that I find that nobody's heard of, and then I get the joy of being able to spread it, spread the word around. It's, it's great. There's great satisfaction in that, you know. And what a great venue for doing that, though, with these side four. What, what, what's that? Say that again. Side four is like such a great venue of sharing all these different artists. A, ve- a venue. Yeah. Just yeah. sort of a f- place where everybody can come together. Uh, yeah. You can like show all these people. What There are all these amazing artists. Check them out in this one record. It, it might be because I'm pretty crap at, at PR and, and spreading the word, but Two, two things occurred to me about the project. One is that how hard it is for songwriters to write songs because they're they're really imprisoned by the drumbeat in some way, you know. Yeah. Other was other other people would see it as as being set free because they can just do whatever they want, and that's true of the project. But it's tricky enough, you know. And and they uh, if they're not good at editing as well, they might be they might feel restricted uh, by the style of the drum because none of the drum beats are simple. I think most singer songwriters like to uh eventually have a relatively simple drum beat by their side or or backing their song but most of those beats are kind of quirky and weird you know mm-hmm. so that's one thing and the other aspect of the project as it grows that i noticed is that because it's a community already of about 100 people or more uh who sort of dip in and dip out uh, i'm surprised that it isn't more well known because, you know, if you add up all our social uh, media profiles and the traffic that we have collectively, you think that we have, would have more, you know, uh, in terms of, of uh, just accolades and radio play and, and notoriety, you know. So uh, it's, it's a little bit disappointing from that side. Uh, I, yeah. But it, I, it, it takes time. These things take time, you know. And yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think it it's frustrating at the same time. Like I, I 
well, I like having it as like my little thing, you know, and I can feel like weird and selfish with it. At the same time, I want people that I really appreciate to do well. Yeah. 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 yeah I know you do. You, you want to wish people who are, who have integrity in, in, in what they're doing. I suppose a lot of people, uh, do have that integrity and some don't, they, they might be selling out a little bit, uh, which is fine as well. That's just another way of going, but definitely this project is not selling out to anybody or to anything. And, uh, so we might be destined to stay underground, but it's up to those music lovers who sort of, as you say, who discover this stuff uh, to spread the word, you know, and the word of mouth is so old fashioned. It's probably the ancient, most ancient way of doing PR. But it's a it's a very uh, sure way, you know. It's like, and it's 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 one of the ways that people uh, really depend on on. You know, I I don't know how how do you hear about music? How do you guys hear about new stuff that's recommended, or how do you discover it? Um, well, I'd say one thing just to back up a little bit. I think you're right about the 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 taking time aspect of this mm. we like to think of the internet and we like to think of social media sharing and everything else being so instantaneous just things just come to mm. us so quickly i mean yeah. look at how fast you can listen to or download a record now um but a big trend i've seen in the last couple of years even is you know and especially in the pandemic era or post-pandemic era wherever we are um mm. they won't let us know but yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know we we found a lot of bands that's pretty common you know heck the shirt i'm wearing today was a band that their record didn't take off for two or three years after it was released uh you know yeah for them so it's just so odd that we got that juxtaposition but i don't know i i'd say we're probably a a, a geekier case study of where people get music we just we talk to a lot of different labels. We talk to, and I mean, that's what I do at my age anyway. If I find a label that I like, uh, I'll try to go down that rabbit hole. I'll be like, oh, okay, let's see what else this, you know, what else this label's hearing. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I go by that a lot. Yeah, so you jump across to see mm-hmm. what else yeah, are, is in the stable, as they call it. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, and, and you know, looking at the Spotify, the, you know, the way you get your month, monthly Spotify artists yeah. sort of assessment of how many listens, etc. And I noticed that um, uh, USA is, is the top. And UK and Germany and Ireland are around the same. I think Ireland is not even third place, which is, I think in some ways, it, it kind of brings shame on the Irish uh, broadcasting uh, co- cooperation, whatever, whatever, whoever is, whatever kind of radio producers are ganging together and working with marketing people and uh, or and or government people. Um, I think it's an awful shame that uh, they don't have some sort of system like in France. Where I think you're obliged. I don't know if we talked about this before, but you're obliged in France uh, to have every third record must be. Uh, from a French band, or at least fr- French language. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Canada does does something like that as well. Yeah, I really Yeah, Canada always seems to be at the forefront of supporting artists, music artists in particular. And um, I I always envied Canadian bands because it seems like they were they've been given a boost. What is it? It's something like that. That whatever they invest in their band, that the government will match up to a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
to a mm-hmm. certain part, up to a certain point in their career, yeah. and up to a certain point in their profit profit making. And I, that'd be so fantastic if it happened in Ireland. But to be fair, in Ireland, you probably heard about this um, basic income uh, for the arts, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a new scheme that happened about six months ago, where. Uh, it's a pilot study so far that picked randomly 2,000 people to give them 325 euro a week um, just as a way, as a sort of a stipend, just to see how, how they get by. And those people in return for three years, all they had to do is um, sort of fill out a journal and to sort of uh, give them feedback as to how they're getting on. But I, luckily, I was one of the people picked Oh wow! Um, yeah, congrats! So, yeah, and and you know it's not a massive amount, but it really does help on, on a weekly basis. And um, so I've stopped giving out about the government <laughs> <laughs> because they that they are supporting me. Um, although some of my friends didn't get picked, and I suppose they're they're feeling a bit left out. But hopefully, in three years' time, they'll have uh, assessed the whole thing, and maybe they'll give the green light to support all artists. But it, but in the meantime, still, I think that in Ireland, that whatever about the government, that the broadcasters, uh, the radio program, programming and journalists, uh, etc., on the most part, are not supporting uh, Irish artists at all. And it just seems that, like, once you release something, um, it just uh, disappears again. And I know it's the enormity of the internet, and, and so that, that didn't happen 30 years ago, obviously. And when you release something, you had a bit more of a chance. Uh, but now everybody's releasing stuff like to a penny. And mm-hmm. so that, that glut or the, the excess of uh, supply of music and there isn't enough demand of music and so much music is for free. And so we're, we're all kind of suffering a little bit unless we're mega superstars. We're all suffering a little bit. Um, so we do need all the more, more than ever, we need the journalists and the broadcasters uh, to help. And another thing that I was talking to a friend about recently at, at a party was the, um, the sort of uh, inverse proportion of talent uh, of Irish artists and the business representation. Because ever since I started playing my first gig, I noticed that uh, there's, there's, there's hardly any managers in Ireland. There's no band managers, you know. Hmm. I don't know whether Irish musicians are kind of like our Irish bands are a little bit of a poison chalice (laughs) because I can imagine trying to look after a a gang of people like that with (laughs) those kind of characteristics and temperaments wouldn't be easy yeah at the same time it seems to be like a a more healthy ratio in other countries you tell me is is there a good sense of um do bands feel that they're well well managed in in the states for example Oh no, not no. that I can tell. I, I haven't. Yeah, I think that's a global issue, uh, especially right. with the you know the lifestyle for a lot of bands. But it's uh, yeah. I mean, most of the people that we talk to are just they're still doing it independently, you know, or they've mm-hmm. made their nut on like a pri- uh, prior album uh, back in the '90s or '80s or something, you know, that allowed them to carry through. Yeah. Uh, with royalties and things like that, and they can invest in their own indie label. They can, you know. Um, but yeah, we, we're, you see the same thing here. I think radio is, I mean, people say it's all but dead, but then again, like you go to a local retail store and you're going to see a Mac and attest this 5,000 
Adele records, you know, uh, a whole bunch of prints of pop music. So you wonder where people are getting it. Um, you know, if they're not listening to the radio, but they're listening to the radio. Yeah. Yeah. They must be. They must be. Kind of touching on what you were saying there. I, I was just curious thinking, like, do you think you would have more of a disadvantage as you, um, started your career later? Like, do you think it's, you had maybe easier starting in the nineties or. You mean if I had started as compared to if you were like just getting going going in your career today? Yeah. Uh, Oh, sorry. If, if I was like in my early twenties starting to play music now. Yeah. Would I find it easier to, to. It sounds like it would be more challenging now than it was then. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. I'm kind of glad I've had the career I've had and, um, I can imagine it's, it must be a real struggle to, to, to get, uh, projects with integrity. Yeah. Just up and running and going and, and not feel disillusioned and give it up. Um, because again, you know, you might be able to make a hundred CDs and, and go on, on the road and okay, you'd be eating peanut butter sandwiches on the road probably all day. Uh, and you wouldn't have two pennies uh, and you'd be, you know, buying clothes in charity shops and stuff. Still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, you know, it, it, it did seem like it was a busy time. You know, it was, it was a busy time gigging and you could sell some CDs and bits and bobs and you did all right, you know. Uh, but now we've nothing to sell, of course, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've sold a few records uh, for side four, but... Uh, uh, vinyl, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, CDs, I don't know. Are people buying CDs? I don't think so. Uh, no, I, I haven't seen a lot of purchases, except for the fact that, like, I mean, album sales, vinyl sales in America are, are climbing rapidly. Yeah, I think but, they've finally overtaken CDs. Yeah, they have. Oh, right. There yeah. was a time yeah. nobody would have anticipated that. Yeah, so. there was just a recent, uh, I believe, Rolling Stone article on that, how they records have now taken overseas, but people will buy CDs if there's no other option in a lot of cases, you know, yeah. uh, just to have something tactile. Uh, well, but otherwise, I, I, they're downloading like Bandcamp, you know? Yeah, I was going to say with regard to Bandcamp, I noticed that uh, we don't have much many sales per se, but it's probably, in term, monetary terms, we probably have sold 10 times the amount uh, of vinyl than digital sales. Mm-hmm. So obviously we're getting hurt by the Spotify's and, and those type of um, digital down, download platforms uh, because everybody just listens to stuff for, for more or less for free. Um, and I, I just wonder, going back to, um, uh, what was the name? What was the big court case that went on about 15 years ago with the Metallica drummer, L- Lars. Lars, oh, the, yeah. Naps- the Napster. The uh, Napster thing, yeah. So yeah. I just wonder, have have Spotify found a huge big loophole? or ha- I think have- they must have. Yeah, you're just paying fractions of pennies uh, per stream. Right. I think it's them away from it. It's sort of like a pyramid scam where they say, well, it's a, you know, but at the top of the pyramid, you know, you get this pen. So it's like, right. uh, you know, there's a product. So legally, it's not a pyramid scam. Yeah. You know, but that's what it is. Uh, you know, and, and that's what we're seeing. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, so, it's kind of flipped it back to where now where artists really make their money is the touring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and there's no other way of making money really, you know, because yeah. the royalties are, are dropping right down. I noticed myself, you know, um, so mm, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's tough going. Yeah. We talked to uh, Matt Chamberlain Great. a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think we maybe have talked about this last time. He talked about having a, friend that was like very involved with uh like one of the ed sheeran records just huge selling thing and um i think he got enough off of spotify this is like massively huge to buy like a a nice economy car you know a decent uh yeah small car out of it yep a volvo or something i think it was yeah it's awesome I suppose maybe I just, I I mean, instead of buying a fancy car, I think I bought about 10 drum kits, so I can't think about it. <laughs> There's that. There's that. I mean, one thing I'm saying, you know, with touring a lot of local bands uh, who just come through this area, I know a lot of people are stepping up their merch game as well with a lot of really good graphic art and their tees and stuff, but I, because um, kids still like t-shirts, you know, they absolutely do. The cooler, the better. And, uh, but yeah, they've they've said that you know they're selling more, but the cost benefit now you know it's kind of a a split. But you know, merch is a good way to make money as well, and niche merch. But you don't want to end up with like you know a spare bedroom full of cup koozies and yeah. <laughs> you know lighter. I was sleeves. just talking to Brian from Belek One. You, you maybe you don't know Belek One, the Irish band, but oh, oh, sure, I love Belek One. Yeah, we had. We had yeah, maybe on. you talked to Paul or, or, or Brian or, or one of them before, Dave. But uh, yeah, he was saying that they went out on the road with um, teapots, was it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it was, there was some sort of symbolism there. Uh, but he said it was a disaster because, you know, <laughs> broken teapots and suitcases. <laughs> they right. toured around. <laughs> <laughs> right. They were probably gluing them together in the back of the bus as they went from gig to gig. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We're friends with uh, some members of the Skate Nigs. I don't know if you're familiar with them. No. Um, Industrial band out of uh, Austin, Texas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they tour with uh, Ministry quite a bit. Those guys, uh, the Wax Tracks records, folks. They sell switchblades. (laughs) (laughs) At a punk show. You know, oh, it just doesn't. Yeah. It seems like a bad plan to me. Yeah, <laughs> but they've been getting away with it for years. So, I don't oh, know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think they have to classify him as like paperweights or something in order to get away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dual purpose. Right. Uh, so maybe you should try that. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> well, that's. I, I don't think the side four thing at the moment is really gigable. That's that's yeah. the weird thing about it. Unless I sort of changed this sort of approach or, or style of it in somehow or some way. Mm-hmm. To, you don't uh, almost have to make it like a one shot all day thing, like a mini festival or something like that. Yeah. That's a great idea. Like talking about lack of support and stuff. There is a, an Irish a TV program called other voices that you may have. Yeah. Heard yeah, of. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's really good. Yeah. It's great. And um, I didn't try that hard. I must admit, but I think I asked somebody at some stage, would they like to, have a program just dedicated to the side four artists, you know, because mm. you get obviously great quality oh, yeah. of the day and of the night. Uh, so it would be a great thing to do. Um, and 
It didn't happen, but another friends said that they nearly got a pitch for an RTE program uh, where they wanted to try and get uh, the RTE program based around the side for bands and, and music. And uh, uh, it didn't happen either. So, uh, but at least those avenues are, are be, being attempted, you know. But it does go back to the same kind of frustrations with the uh, lack of support. Um, yeah. yeah. How much are you working like in the studio with side four artists? Um, not at all at the moment. It kind of goes in in a cycle, uh, like a, like any band, I suppose. Uh, and I'm about to start to record a third set of uh, drum beats, but I, I think they'll be much more percussive based this time. And I will be adding bits of music and bits of uh, lyrics. I'm going to progress the music a, a little bit more, and people will have the option. If they don't just want a beat, they can have a little bit more than a beat, or so I'll give them more than yeah, more than a drum beat, I suppose is the best mm-hmm. way to put it. Uh, some lyrics, or so I'll be helping people to, or I'm getting people to help me to write write a record um, that way. So uh, yeah, so maybe but, you know, maybe something you could try, and I'm just spitballing. Yeah, you know, oh. just kind of something like we're doing right now. Well, just I to, you know, to. sit down and record. This is the process. Hey, we're having this conversation, you know, and you can edit it however you want to. Oh, you, yeah. You mean to, to have a couple of days, invite people in and, and just to record spontaneous jams. Do you mean that way? That, yeah, you can do that. And just even documenting the conversations that you have. Yeah. You know, just because I find it, you know, whenever I see like the behind the scenes stuff, like, yeah. you know, Beatles stuff coming out from 50 years ago, people are still like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know. That was, that was a beautiful documentary. I really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah. So, I, I think you're right. Like, I, I have tried to put together bits and pieces of the process and we put them up on Instagram, things like that. So there's little bits and bobs there. But you're right. I think. That we, we could do more. I, I just find it hard to do any of the business stuff. People, like I've met some great people and they've given me good ideas. The National Concert Hall in Dublin apparently w- w- would possibly give someone like me um, a writer's residency so I could go oh, in wow. with, yeah, with people like that and maybe invite a, a video team. And so we could record properly the whole process of it and then in the end do a, a show which shows the sort of the result of all the workings, you know, uh, I'd love to do something like that. So I uh, wonder if, uh, Susan O'Neill saw a big uptick after the film, uh, was released. Matt, have you heard? I don't know. One or the other. I don't know. Uh, that was a really beautiful weird. film. Yeah. It, it really got me interested in the music and that was sort of a, uh, you know, a collective thing. Was she on uh, a soundtrack? Sorry. Was she, uh, Susan O'Neill, the space between it was like a little documentary just kind of um on artistic expression and people just kind of bond it's it's hard to describe i don't know how to best describe it yeah a lot Um, of collaborators yeah yeah well send me the link i'd be interested to see that oh sure yeah it's really yeah if if it means yeah people getting together and and trying to write music together and Mm -hmm. and somebody documenting it i think that's that's a lovely thing and it's you're right it's it's more and more people want the 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 inside process, writing process, uh, and that's where the the value is really, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. in music, getting behind the scenes. It reminds me of the old days when I used to try to 
find Led Zeppelin bootlegs. <sighs> and oh, I would just, no matter how badly recorded they were, I would just adore. And oh. all the mistakes, I loved all the mistakes. Right. They were wild, like some really rough bits of music out mm. of tune and out of time and stuff. And but that's part of the the, the intrigue and the magic, and you, you, yeah. feel, you really feel like you get the you're getting the real deal. Then, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember buying like a, a, a Circle Jerks, I think, live CD back when I was a kid, and I was like, "Wow, this really sounds like garbage." I'm surprised they <laughs> never released it. It was such a big part of the charm of it, you know. It's like, "Wow, this sounds this is the most terrible sounding album." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, one thing. Sorry, I was just going to say that one thing that, that I did do about oh, it was a long time ago, 25 years ago, was do a gig where myself and my friends who were playing together, we promised ourselves that we'd do the gig without any preconceived songs. So we played about eight different songs, let's call them, on the night, but they were all made up on the spot. And we all decided to take turns starting them. So there was four of us. So I think I started two of them with a drum beat and then they would just evolve live on the spot and who knows i can't remember i wish i recorded that that particular show oh, I, yeah. think, I think it was great our our, our, our our singer was great at improvising with lyrics so i think something like that is very important but um you know i'd love to try you know what you're saying there is giving me an idea for the next side four record number three because well two isn't out yet but as i start to think about writing beats for for number three uh, I think I might get a little braver and, and ex- more experimental with that with that live side and and documenting it that way and try to push people to be creative on the spot. Uh, yeah. You find all sorts of magic that way because the the side four thing was supposed to be initially a bit wilder than it ended up being. Oh, I no. find that a lot of the stuff it, it became quite uh, what happened not processed but tame. You know, uh, yeah. not tame. That's not the right right word either. But uh, edited and uh, so not not as wild as and loose. Are you there? Yeah. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. You dropped for a second, but you're That's back. Fine. Seems to be back and running fine. It's a big yeah, joke, I think. <laughs> yeah, the spy balloons. Uh, oh yeah. It was weird. I, it's calmed down. We forget things pretty quickly. Oh, so here. fast. So fast. <laughs> so hilarious. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. John and I. Well, kind of looked at it like you know this shit's been going on for decades it's not like we just it's somebody looked up right you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. <That's>, yeah. <laughs> somebody wasn't busy that day yeah yeah our, our canadian friends to the north were like uh in a lot of meteorologists and everybody there's like they're, they're like this is sky trash they're like it blows around all the time it's like we have you know balloons that come in from all sorts of different countries and everything's just like nobody's looking at them yeah yeah and uh yeah well, like I, in the last presidency, there was a bunch of them, like dozens and dozens of instances that just never got reported, you know, because they're so used to it. But people freaked out. Yeah. And they should they should really not be naive about these things. Big Brother is definitely watching. Oh, yeah. And, and, and listening probably to us right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well we've talked to enough. Like, we've talked to <laughs> yeah. FBI people and sure. UFO people. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. We're not on all this that we know of. <laughs> What's that Malaysian Airlines uh, networks Netflix program? I don't know if you saw it, but 
um, I was fascinated in because they could they couldn't they still haven't figured out what happened basically. Yeah. Oh. Um, not not to to start talking about Netflix or anything, but uh, it it does go to show you that uh, there is obviously uh, a lot of stuff that they that they still manage to keep very very secret. Although there must be over a hundred people that know about that type of thing, you know. Right. That's, yeah, that's the crazy thing that you know you can get that many people together that don't talk. We'll stay you know close. what I mean? Yeah. 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 Really? You, you can't even keep like a party secret or something amongst five or six friends half the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, in Ireland. is the big currency in Ireland, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just got back from Roswell. Yes. The t shirt there. I did. Yes. yes from the, you got back, the, just got back from where? Roswell, Roswell New uh, Mexico. Yeah. The oh, site right. of the 47 supposed UFO crash. Ah, yeah. Yeah. there. It's yeah. They made it into a big tourist uh, element of the town. You know, yeah. everything's covered in gray aliens and yeah. Uh, yeah, I got my. <laughs> do I have my alien buddy sitting in here? Yeah, there he is. And would there yeah. be a conference and pe- people like-minded sort of people who are interested in discussing the possibilities mm-hmm. of what can happen and what has happened? They've had conferences mm-hmm. there, a, a lot of conferences there. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a town that just kind of took off on marketing it. And, yeah, I uh, mean, it's probably kept them alive. Oh, yeah. You know, better yeah. than a lot of small New Mexico towns. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm actually hoping that there's some sort of uh, other existence out there, you know. Like, you know, one of the, the places that I practice my drums is just writing in the latest blog because I'm writing a blog now at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I've been reading that. I'm yeah. sorry about your colonoscopy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, I, I'm glad to be able to talk about it because part of the reason for the blog, I suppose, is to just uh, in some tiny way kind of enlighten or uh, just enlighten is the wrong word, but uh, just to uh, talk about this kind of stuff like so is men talk about because men are terrible at talking about these kind of oh, things. Oh, yeah. Again, mm-hmm. Probably especially in Ireland. Uh, we're a little, always a little bit behind because we're all we're a little bit sort of uh, oppressed or something. We blame uh, another nation for that, but um, <laughs> but so we don't really talk uh, as much as we should, and uh, we probably do a bit more drinking than talking. Um, and uh, so I think it's it, it's important. Like one of the band members, one of one of the bands that I play with, Keila, one of the band members got cancer last year, mm. getting treatment at the moment, and. Uh, and he was encouraging us all to get, for example, to get prostate checks, you know. But still, someone in the band, I think, said, there's no way a fucking doctor's going near my hole. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, it's really kind of, there's something very old-fashioned about that. Oh. Like, you know, the kind of stuff that maybe our grandfather would, would just refuse to sort of have yeah. happen. Uh, but it's still, it's still a bit of a taboo thing. And so, therefore, me taking the piss out of myself is if it helps one person, uh, just to lighten up about it and chat about it, then good. Um, I did notice that actually people, because they were kind of asking me about it, like saying, I saw your blog there, and they'd kind of laugh. And then they'd say, but it's funny you should say that because it gave them license, you know, to sort of talk about something maybe related or maybe a little bit tiny bit related to some sort of health problem, male health problem. So uh, I was I was curious to see that, it, it afforded people the chance to open up a little bit, you know, and that's the way it goes. 
So yeah, yeah. It, it's, I, I'm look. It's a, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm amused by the open up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always going to be all sorts of puns. And on top yeah. Right oh yeah. I, I there was a meme years ago that had like top proctologist jokes, and my favorite one was, "Let me know if you find my dignity in there." <laughs> 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 I know it's great because you know, for sure people look at you a little bit differently uh, when you start, you know, talking about or writing about stuff like that. But I don't care. You know, you, you get to a point. I think if I was twenty-seven, there's no way I'd be telling anybody that stuff. But no, nah, yeah. yeah. But I think it's a universal thing, and I think the more like that's what makes it. It's relatable, you know, whether we want to whether it's fun or not, like everybody should be experiencing that. Yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 I know. And to, to, to make it fun or something somehow, uh, is the key. Yeah. I think so. Bring I saw another, in. yeah. Just bringing it into the conversation. Like you said, it's what's important. I think, yeah. uh, people, yeah. you know, people find a way to communicate about those things and with ones like love and everything else, if they can just break past, you know, the conversation starter. A lot of times. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. And I don't know if they're doing it over there. Over there. Here, I fortunately um, recently discovered they've got a new way of doing it. And fortunately, my insurance accepted it. Um, <laughs> you don't have to go through that whole process. Um, oh. You just, they like, you. they send you a kit. Uh -huh. And, you know, this. Uh, yeah. So, Very you know, good. I'll I'll open up a little bit. I had yeah. to take a dump in a box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is what we want now. We want people to call up FedEx and <laughs> say, come and pick up my shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. they did. Like FedEx showed up and they're like, all right, we're taking your box of shit. And they took it to the lab. Wow. Yeah. Did, did, so that did, was did, definitely. Did they have the smelliest van in, oh, in, in America? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want to know. And I kind of hope that the. You know, whoever was picking it up didn't really know what was in the box. Right. But I also did think about, like, the people that work at the lab. What yeah. a job. <laughs> wow, right. really? What do you do for a living? I look at people's shit all day. <laughs> Ooh, there's something wrong with this guy. I can tell you that. Great. <laughs> yeah, you don't right. even need the machine. <laughs> yeah, like the sur I suppose the surgeon that I met there last week. He didn't have much of a bedside manner, which is typical, I think, in the medical profession. But he just said something like, yeah, no polyps this time. And he turned and, and, and left. And I, I was really keen for a chat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't having any of it. Let's go. Yeah. And I'd say, like, because he, he wasn't young, like, he, I'd say he was close to retirement. And if he has been doing this all his life, it's such a strange vocation, isn't it? Uh, it is. I can understand all sorts of... Uh, work in in within medicine but that one is really a curious, curious <laughs> that's, that's a, you know it's gonna be a certain calling doesn't it well, yeah. that or just i think my guess is a lot of them are like where is it gonna be like a whole lot of job security right like, uh -huh. yeah nobody what's the job nobody wants yeah hey, nobody wants to spend their day <laughs> Right, like I know nobody wants to have a finger put up there. I'm general. I'm guessing yeah. nobody really wants to be the guy. I hope 
right? I really hope they don't want to be the guy that puts their finger in there. Yeah. That's not like anything I would be super excited to do. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. It, it doesn't no, tick any box. <laughs> now, it's got to be the, like that, you know, somebody, their father or whatever had cancer and, you know, they're trying right. to help. But it's got to it, be it. it. Would it would it be as reliable as as a as a as a camera and a full inspection? Uh, I wonder because you know there's so much more to it. Uh, I, I, I don't think, know. They the they said it was okay. Test, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a, a test for prostate cancer or a test for um, yeah colon uh, and everything. Every, I, think every, yeah, I think it's pretty yeah, comprehensive. Yeah. My doctor said, we can try this if you would prefer. And I'm like, yeah, if I get the choice of not having a finger in my butt. <laughs> yeah. Or having to do that diet, you know, the 24-hour diet. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that collate. Oof. Oof. <laughs> yeah. I, know. Oh, I saw someone do a bit on that. And he, <laughs> at the end of it, he was just like, you know, it's the night before that's the really the hard yeah, part. Oh, yeah. That's the hard part. And yeah. like, I've done this a few times, and I'm going to spread this advice to you. And he pulls out a tube of chapstick. He's <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> like two dollars. <laughs> now don't make my mistake. <laughs> when you're done, you want to throw away the chest. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah, but sorry, I'm just just uh, to indulge a little bit on on, on the blog side of things, and, and I know like that the. A blog is probably the least popular thing to get involved with these days because podcasts, well done, lads, are obviously flying. And YouTube yeah. stuff is flying. Uh, Instagram reels are flying. Uh, but probably bottom of the list is is a, a written blog because, you know, everybody's attention span these days is, is seven mm -hmm. seconds. Like seven seconds is because when, when I, I, I used to, to coach kids uh, football and I did – training but um, i did my coaching badges with the fai here mm -hmm. and uh one of them said listen you know when you're with kids like whatever age they are eight nine ten twelve fourteen you have seven seconds yeah. so what you have to say you have to say in seven seconds and otherwise they'll just drift and i thought that was the best piece of advice so i used to keep all my sort of little mini football advice speeches on the pitch down to se seven seconds and then just let them play or just let them talk or let them, whatever, you know, uh, get involved in the conversation. Uh, but I think it's the same for adults now. Yeah. Probably due to the internet, you know. I think yeah. people are always drifting and they're multitasking and they're flipping from one show to another or they're flipping from one thing to another. And, you know, I think less and less people are sitting down with a record and just staring at the window or, or reading a book or, I mean... I'm exaggerating, but I, I think it is hard to focus these days and it is hard mm. not to multitask. And I mean, I, I'm trying to reduce the percentage of my uh, the amount of time that I'm on the phone. Mm. Because I noticed that it was about eight hours a day or something. And now I'm down to about three and a half hours a day on the phone. And it took a long time, you know, but I'm just, I'm being mindful of it as much as I can. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I, I just think that it's 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 a, a blog, a written blog is, in a way, something that's hard for people to to go to. It's on a website as well. And let's face it, websites are pretty old fashioned as well. Yeah. 
I, I appreciate blogs just in the same way. Like I much prefer, I get annoyed when I see like a, you know, news. I, Cause I, I love to watch the news or check out the news. And yeah. when I go online and I click a link for something that looks interesting and yeah. it's a video, I don't want the video. I want or the article. article. Yeah. Oh, you want to read it? Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I can yeah. process it. It goes too fast. I can't catch it all. Right. But if I can read an article, I can really digest what it's saying. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like blogs are the same way. I suppose, for example, like people uh, like to be productive, obviously, nowadays. And the only, da- a lot, some people have only, only have downtime maybe in the car. And it's very hard to read in the car. So therefore, that's I think that's one of the reasons why podcasts sure. are are so uh, popular because uh, you can just play your favorite pop- podcasts over a long journey. Great for musicians, obviously, because mm. uh, we're always driving around the country. Um, but yeah, so that would be one reason for the success of them. But for, it's fine for me, you know. Like uh, it's I'm, I'm happy just to sort of. It, it, it's like it's like an exorcism as well for me you know i don't know if it does a little bit of that for for you guys as well that um you get some sort of uh yeah therapy <laughs> yeah. no no this oh, is therapy. i think this is my sanity keeper you know it's my um this is my midlife crisis you know honestly <laughs> <laughs> right it's cheaper than a convertible you know and and more fun, honestly. You know, I, I feel like I have something that I can leave behind doing it. Yeah. But it's something that I really enjoy. And I was thinking earlier when you were talking, it's kind of with podcasts, it's very similar to what you're describing in terms of getting people to pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, because we feel like um, we have some really good guests, you know, and we have yeah. some really good conversations that we're really proud of. Uh, but it's hard to get people to notice yeah yeah and, so and, much and, coming and, out of them. and the stats of like do you ever look up the stats of of when people stop engaging or you know how long they listen for like what's your average po- how long is your average podcast mm, we, we, so we usually try to keep it about an hour yeah yeah, usually about an hour. yeah. And do you look at the stats, say people listen for the first 10 minutes, first 20, first 30, 40? Yeah, and it varies. It it does vary. Um, Sometimes people tune in for a few minutes. Sometimes it's longer. It tends to be like the, you know, the better known names, you know, that people are the one that's okay. I'm going to check out. I've heard of, you know, this person as opposed to we, and we try and we really do try to balance it out. Like we'll try to get, and we're really fortunate that we can get a lot of the people that we have been able to get, but it's, I think it's important to us. I I'm assuming John, you agree on, on this, that we reach out like all along, you know, we, I'll, I'm happy to talk to a garage band and really get to know them and hear their story. And sometimes those are the most fun ones. Yeah, or somebody yeah. that's got like platinum selling records. That's cool too. And everything in between. And that's, I, I, we want to be a part of that. Hey, you should check these guys out. Mm-hmm. Right. I know you've heard of this person over here. Trust me. Just give us a little trust. Check out this person you've never heard of. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and do you have legal stuff like sometimes where people have said something 
that you didn't edit and that it ended up being a little bit of trouble from it because they said something contentious or that it that, that it libeled somebody or or, or um character assassinated somebody we've yet to have anybody say anything but i also like it's important to me you know i'm I'm generally the one that does the editing Mm -hmm. and i will make double sure because we don't want it to be like that kind of a place yeah like like if i will give every guest the opportunity would you like to watch listen whatever to this episode before we post it Mm-hmm. Yeah. because i want them to be able to say yeah do you not do you mind if we take this part out and i'm happy yeah. to do it and yeah there have been plenty of times when i have taken things out that's tough you because know? that stuff sometimes can be the juicy stuff you know that's right i'll yeah. tell you my favorite one and we'll edit that out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i didn't want to take it out but i i it took me a minute but when i once once that clicked i'm like okay yeah. No, I don't. I wouldn't want to screw up. Well, know. it's the same with the with the blog. You know, I've some people have said. Actually, one person asked me to to take one down, uh, because they felt that they were. It wasn't really about that that particular songwriter. They felt that they weren't getting enough um, compliments. You know, about mm-hmm. them, which I thought was strange. Like, I'm not really doing the blog to compliment people. I'm I'm usually very nice uh, about people. Um, and I and I wouldn't really be ever like heavily critical of anyone either, but this particular person decided that uh, a well to be fair they didn't really want to announce the fact that they were about to embark on a recording, uh, and I didn't ask their, their permission. Uh, but also they just weren't happy that that I was uh, sort of uh, ma- describing them in glowing terms, you know. Which I hmm. It was just a bit disappointing, so I took it down anyway. Um, uh, because it was a good fun article, but but you know you, you'll get that. And there's been a couple of times where, you know, I've been slightly critical about certain people in the music business, and the Irish music business industry is so uh, such a small pond that if yeah. you do, if you do throw a little stone in, it's huge ripples, and you can lose a lot of work, you know. Yeah, yeah, and so my sort of penchant for being quite blunt and over honest uh, might have maybe even lost me a little bit of work since I started the blog. But I actually, again, I I kind of don't care because I'm at that stage in my career where I've I've nothing to prove, and uh, I want to be honest, and 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 I don't ever want to be horrible or hurt anybody ever. No, I won't do that. Mm But at the same time, if there's a story to be told about something that happened in the past, I just tell it how it is, you know? Yeah. And I'll try yeah. and be as, as fair-minded and balanced about it as I can and usually slag myself anyway. So yeah, that, that usually gives you a bit more license <laughs> right. to be critical of someone else if you're if you're taking the piss out of yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just try to be honest and kind. I'm sure if, you know, somebody really wanted to dig in the archives, they could find something that would really upset everybody but you know it's in a lot of ways too it's about attention uh the trolls you know they start coming it's like it's really easy to listen to a three-hour conversation in a two-part episode and find a sentence you didn't care for um, yeah <laughs> you know to be that critical and it's like you know okay just feel free to do your own show then i suppose we'd like yeah to yeah, right. um, yeah but yeah i mean talking about that and in, in like 
grabbing people's attention or, or anything. I, we tr- like I say, we try to keep it to about an hour. We've had a couple guests that were like three hour interviews. Um, and we've had to break that up into, but I, I still think we're conscious that, Hey, we're only going to get somebody's attention for about an hour. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that just comes from listening to a lot of podcasts, watching a lot of media in America. I commute a lot, you know, I know. So pretty much an hour long show is like a half hour commute to work, half hour commute home. Yeah. Uh, you know, or a record or something like that, that I'll put yeah. on is based on that because we yeah. drive everywhere in America and a long way, you know? It's a good length, I think. It is good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of what we stick with. I was going to ask you, too, you were talking about going off in like a more experimental direction. Uh, if you're looking at, say, side four, part three. Yeah. Um, so, have you ever had like a, what's the weirdest submission you've ever gotten for I like going back on a track? Like, do you ever get any like dubstep or like really crazy, you know, EDM type? mixes of, of your drums or anything when you when you bounce something back to you for side four um well adrian crowley i i think he he reduced the speed of the drum beat from 100 percent down to about 10 percent. wow <laughs> you know like whatever about having the speed of the beat so it's great because it kind of it's on the first record and it sounds like it's very Tom Waitsy because it just has that sort of crunching kind of rock. I didn't realize that was okay. Yeah, and it just—it's not recognizable at all. But you know, I, I'm, I'm the last person to be precious. I was delighted, like, and I want people to have the the, the willingness to experiment. Another person, Max Greenwood, wrote um, about spontaneously. Just wrote about ten little uh, melodies. Um, with his phone to the beats and like on the spur of the moment, all in one afternoon. And, uh, I'd love to release that just as it is like, cause I think it's a beautiful thing. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. really raw and honest, you know, and even include, include the imperfections Uh-oh. of it, but it'd be a lovely thing to release. I think, um, but no, I don't, nobody has gone really too, too wild. I don't think, uh, uh, no, like I have a friend who's 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 not really a musician. He he's an artist, and um, he he tried to have a go at, at some stuff, and it kind of didn't really work. I didn't release it, uh, and that's an awkward one because a lot of these people would be my friends, and to to not release it hmm. uh, and then be my friend was I don't know. They didn't. I don't think they enjoyed that aspect of it. And they'd be very experimental minded and a good influence on me, actually always encouraging me to be more experimental with my music sure. as they are with their art. Um, we didn't use that, but it's always there. Like I could always release yeah. like, B-sides and rarities and, and all sorts of yeah. art later on. Let it sit there. Yeah. So maybe I should start thinking about, you know, like for example, there's a Patreon thing in the blog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just, just thinking Patreon. Yeah, I think I'll just put everything up there and people can have a little bit of a, a source through and maybe put them into rough themes. Because there must be about 40, 50 tracks that uh, just um, are still there and they're either unfinished or um, they're just waiting for the right sort of combination of other tracks to, 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 to be released with, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, something a bit more themed might be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you can cross over, you know, in a lot of other different territories and maybe rake in some fans from there. You know, I've got a lot of records that I bought just because they were a compilation with an artist that I like, you know, and I went out and bought mm-hmm. the whole record because 
Yeah. yeah they're featured on it uh, in a track. So. Yeah. Do you mean that you mean that somebody might hear uh, somebody on the side four record and then go into their particular live right. music? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. I do stuff like that all the time. Yeah. It makes me think of like what Martin Atkins would do with it. You know? Yeah. And like, the, you know, sort of the industrial yeah. crew. Well, listen, uh, if you, you, you have a lot of, um, a lot of people who, who may or may not be interested. So keep, just keep on sending uh-huh. it out to them. Like any, anybody that's mm-hmm. wants the address, it's a simple email to a, to a, uh, a folder of drum beats and then just experiment away with the drum beats and come back. If you f- have something you like, come back and, the contract is the interesting side of it. And I don't know if I talked to you about it before, but I think it's the first time that I, yeah, maybe, you know, but it's the first time that I, I think that a drummer has been cut in on a songwriting royalty because publishing traditionally is 50% for melody and 50% for lyrics. Mm. So that's the way it's divided. And uh, so for this side four project, I, for the first record, it was 10%. For the drum beat, <laughs> and mm-hmm. forty-five for the lyrics and forty-five for the melody, and uh, it—I don't know—it's it, possibly never happened before that way. Um, I'd be curious to to know if any of your listeners have heard about that type of thing before, where a drummer is cut into the the songwriting royalty because of the drum beat being part of the song or inspiring the song, mm, and then people, I don't know. The people involved in the first record encouraged me to bring it up to twenty percent. So the second record, the the drum beats uh, will be twenty uh, f- for any royalties that come in, and then um, uh, same again. The split, the music would be forty, and right. uh, the lyrics would be forty. But uh, you know, with with different instrumentals and different collaborators, it's been a little bit complicated because each song ha- has a different uh, s- split. Mm. And uh, you'd almost need a really good team of lawyers just to figure it all out. But everybody's been great and just seen it as, as a fun project and done it, done it in good faith, you know. Yeah. We had a couple of sinking fees, which has been a good booster. Uh, and we divvied up that the way that it, we thought it should be, same way as the Masters mm-hmm. uh, royalties are done. So, uh, But I know there can be a lot of arguments in bands about royalties. Obviously, people have fallen out over the years. Big bands sure. have broken up. And you probably know some stories yourself or people have been on maybe talking about or giving out about the state of royalties. Like I remember when I was in the frames, uh, when, I, when, I, when I signed the first agreement with ZTT, Trevor Horn's company, um, mm-hmm. we had a split and it was something like, uh, I, I think the masters like ZTT got 50% or something. It was like a regular indie deal. But on the songwriting side, anyway, it was like Glenn got seventy percent, and we the rest of the band got thirty percent between us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite a few of you. Yeah, so we got more like seven percent, thirty percent between four of us, something like that. Yeah, seven and a half percent each, and he got seventy percent. And uh, I thought it was unusual because I know, like a lot of bands. Uh, big bands that have managed to stay together, U2, OEM, is that right? People like Radiohead, mm-hmm. don't they do sure. They do it just an even split regardless of who wrote the lyrics or who wrote what? Yeah. Uh, I think that's the case. So I thought it was a curious uh, breakdown. But actually it was probably about right because realistically Glenn was bringing about 70% of the song, the skeleton of the song and more. 
he was certainly bringing the melody and the lyrics, you know, or or most of the melody. Uh, maybe not some of the guitar riffs or, or right. other bits yeah. and bobs, but well, uh, most of his songs he could do an acoustic album with if he wanted to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So therefore, the seventy thirty thing uh, was kind of was, the more you thought about it, was kind of it was it was okay. Um, but it's still a bit weird when you're in a band and somebody's getting ten. Especially when you're slogging around the road, like if you're if you're going around the states in the back of a van and you're kind of four to a room, and again you're you're living off uh, Taco Bell and peanut butter sandwiches, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be exhausting, and um, you can get a, you can get quite down on, on, on tours like that, especially if they don't go particularly well because you're not really earning any money. So that that's when something like that can become a little bit of a. It wasn't for me, but I can imagine for other people in other bands, right? Where yeah. people start to get a little bit pissed off at that angle because you're breaking your balls all year round, touring around really tough conditions, and then you're going into rehearsal all day every day, and then you're you're doing whatever promo needs to be done, and then you're doing your your back gigging again, you're writing, you're recording, all that kind of stuff, physically yeah. really demanding, and then. Uh, so uh, I'd imagine, yeah, a lot of falling out. Yeah, um, is it a pretty similar split for gigs? No, for for the frames, for yeah, just no. I guess or in general. Or the no, industry. no, no, absolutely, much no. Everything else was split up evenly. So uh, you know, every record or, or T-shirt that was sold, or every gig fee that came in towards the band, it was all split evenly. So mm. that side of things was very fair. Yeah, absolutely. That's just weird. It's so weird that that's even quantifiable that way. I think of a band like Parliament Funkadelic, and there's like, what, you know, 15 Two guys? Guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 15 guys, right. six dancers, you know. Uh, how did they make any money? It must have been just right. selling that a huge bunch of records. But, yeah, that's it seems like one of those things, though, that's like, well, it's always been this way. And yeah. uh, it's, uh, I don't care for that argument in history or politics or, or anything else. Uh, shouldn't work for music either. It's like, well, yeah. let's not do it that way anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, uh, hopefully that I'm, I'm, I'm changing that a little bit. And, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying what I'm doing is revolutionary at all, but just to even consider that side of things, that a, a drum yeah. would be such a huge part of a song. Obviously, mm-hmm. like drums and percussion are, are such a... Uh, mm-hmm. A major factor in in the success of oh, yeah. song. Um, What's it like with Kila, yeah, as opposed to the, like yeah, the frames? That, well, that's come up recently again um, because it's a bit fuzzy. Uh, I think it's been a little bit vague, and it's kind of like come up to sort of clarify everything. There's been a few personnel changes, so I, and mm-hmm. I've only been involved in the last couple of records really, and. There's been three of us actually have arrived in the last 10 years and we're only on the last couple of records. Um, and I think it's just an even split. I think that, that, that to be fair, mm-hmm. they do an even split. But I think there's a certain leaning towards like a, a melody maker, uh, like a, a, somebody writes a tune in Kila, a tune melody, a traditional kind of style melody, then they will get a little bit more than everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. But I have kind of stayed away and just trusted the powers that be just to, just to do what they need to do there. And uh, I would imagine it's very, very fair. And the, the, the fees are really good for the gigs. And I think what that has happened is that they've used some of the royalties to put back into paying 
for the band to be able to get an even split for gigs and festivals. Uh, hmm. So even if the the gig fee isn't that high, uh, the whoever has been looking after the funds in the band will bump up the gig fee from the royalties. You know, and in the end, it all it's all the same thing. You know, so whatever money comes in just goes into a big pot, and it's all split out, and it usually goes out through gigs. You know, yeah. 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 It's, a good, it's a good solution. You just bring a big pinata to the end of every show. Wait <laughs> <laughs> for our paychecks in there. Yeah, <laughs> just grab what you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like, you know, it's 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 just great. It's 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 so it's so great to be able to earn money from music. It's, it it really is. It's it's. I, I I'll always be so grateful of us. You know, fantastic. Before we wrap it up, do you have like any other um, projects or things that you're wanting to kind of get out there? Um, well, I, I am starting to make videos, uh, and uh, so that's that's a new thing for me, uh, along with the blog um, uh, and side four, I suppose, is uh, to try to start making music videos for artists. Um, and I did that little kind of frames mini documentary if you want to call it that uh years ago 2004 or something uh and i had just it was an old camcorder footage and i put it together but i'm enjoying editing and and the sort of just putting together of 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 images this comes from my love of photography i suppose mm-hmm. uh, and i would encourage all like all bands to sort of put together and, and compile uh, videos themselves because I think you need when you release a song you kind of have to have something visual you know yeah so I, I I'm I'm happy to sort of do a bit of that for Keela and a bit of that for side four but I also uh, was was doing one for for Mark Geary uh, yeah yeah you mentioned that too right? our, yeah so I'm taking forever about it but I was doing it today actually uh, and I'm nearly finished it so but I'm taking great pride in it and great soul satisfaction just something creative like that is just gives me such a buzz, you know, and and and, and like all these things, it's funny because because for the first time in my life, I am considering giving up gigging. Uh, part of it is having a one-year-old now, uh, a baby daughter, and part of it is, and just wanting to indulge in all of that, but also it's just a shift, uh, like like all of us, like you know, I think every three, five, ten years, all of us want to shift and to reinvent ourselves and go on a new learning curve. And I think sure. that's wise, I think, because you plateau, like you flatten out, I think, on certain things. Uh, and so uh, making these songs for Side 4 and uh, all these percussion grooves and making uh, videos and doing the blogs, um, I'm, I, I just want to do these things more and more and not like that I don't want to gig anymore. It's just that I feel like uh, I'm becoming less interested because it's it's not really creative. Like you, you don't mm-hmm. really create anything per se when you're unless you're a jam band. And and, mm-hmm. and you do actually the frames were, were were great for that. A lot of spontaneous ideas would happen on the spot, uh, so it was quite creative on the spot uh, in within gigs. But most bands that you play with, like for example with Josh Ritter. I love that whole thing to bits that that whole project, but it, it wasn't a very creative project, and therefore I took up mm. photography on the road because uh, I didn't feel like I was getting a, a creative challenge per se. Not not at the gigs anyway, uh, because you really had to just play time and play the same gig every night. So uh, yeah, I just realized that sort of 
as I get on and in years that I want to make sure, absolutely sure that I squeeze every last creative drop out of myself yeah. <laughs> to leave some sort of tiny legacy behind um, instead of just going around gigging, uh, which is uh, like a, a very noble thing to do and very fun thing to do, but uh, it's not, not as creative. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. you guys, you, you probably on, on a, New, you've got new ideas yourselves, new new learning curves, new creative. Oh, yeah, like we're doing video now, you know, on the yeah. podcast, and yeah, you know, right. trying to okay, what's going to work better? You know, how with no budget, what can we do that's different? Oh, and that that's that that in itself is interesting because you know, you, you, so you you would release this as as an audio, but also as a video podcast. Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. And um, would you be able to, like, mix it in multimedia kind of, or would that take up too much time where, where you were kind of putting up images? Because you obviously, nobody wants to look at my mug for, you know, whatever, three quarters of an hour. So would you be putting up clips, live clips of something related? Or like if we were talking about a certain thing, like colonoscopy, <laughs> would you? <laughs> we're going to show a butt shot. Yeah, we just throw up some stats or not something. Not actually <laughs> Dave's butt. Yeah. yeah. Put a little <laughs> caption up there. Yeah. I won't uh, say this <laughs> Generally yeah. we just we've just been showing like the video of people talking and mm -hmm. um Yeah. Well we've had slideshow uh things. We've a lot. done slideshow. That's a lot of effort. Yeah. It yeah. must be a lot of time and effort, yeah. yeah. But I'd imagine it would be very popular as well. Because then you're you're re you're really document free making then. That or, or yeah. at least you're you're your part documentary making because when right. you when you watch well, then, documentaries now some of it is talking heads with the musicians and other bit is other is cutaways to sort of like bits of performances yeah. that, that they yeah. might have done in bands if it's a music documentary for example but there's also the possibility of you're going to be borrowing a lot of images if you do that and yeah you know, am I going to get in trouble for borrowing all these images? Yeah, what's fair use? What is someone I got to give credit to? Uh, yeah, you know, if it's then, stock photo, et cetera. Yeah, but if if it's me, for example, or whoever you're interviewing, you can mm -hmm. ask me for a folder of photos and videos and audio, even though you, I mean you don't have to use any of it. But at right. least then, if if somebody just like trans we transferred over a whole lot of stuff, then you'd have the option of chuck chuck bits and bobs and yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I, I'm I'm just uh, <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll definitely do that too, and uh, sometimes we'll you know ask for well certain tracks especially because we like to open up with a bumper uh, a lot of times. So like, which uh, track do you want to promote the most right now? Which one you you know yeah, uh, and have them send us files. But sometimes I can put production behind too if they're hitting the road and they don't have time to send you that you know, and you're trying to get a uh, an episode edited within a week, and then you know. The and day job and life, yeah. Too. The day like, job, okay. the family, the of course. You know, how much do I want to invest in something I'm not getting paid for? <laughs> right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I yeah. yeah. Can you get away with this? Is the other thing because yeah. like, like right now I'm getting the Are you almost done? Texts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, we're we're working on things. Networking, I think, a lot uh more lately trying to work yeah. with others and uh we're going to be available uh, uh, as the podcast uh preferred podcast uh forbidden place records we're we're looking at a show uh with 
a friend of ours uh, with puppets, actually. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> just to be weird. Yeah. Just oh, that's weird. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Probably get, get a little more attention. Yeah. Um, that way. Definitely. Appeal to everybody's inner child and yeah. get a hold of that seven seconds as to speak. Well, and right. if, you know, like, <clears throat> just going back to the video thing, uh, I'm mm-hmm. always looking for uh, people, for ideas, for uh, if people want to send any footage or make a video for any of the side four songs, um, I could put it out to tender. You know, we could put out, up the the songs that haven't been released on your Patreon or mm-hmm. something like that. If, if you have any ideas like that, I'm all on for collaborating. Awesome. Uh, okay. I, can, I can give you tracks, unreleased tracks, um, because I need videos for them all, really, or for as many that, as we're going to release as singles. So if there's three or four tracks, you can play them if you want on, on your podcast. Yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah, or, yeah, you can invite people to sort of, I can't pay anybody, but if they, they want to try and have so a bit of bored, fun. Yeah, want to do something fun. Make, it, yeah. make a video first, yeah. yeah. Right on. Awesome. Excellent. Right. Great. Great chatting, lads. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad we got to catch up. It was uh, it's too long, honestly. Yeah. So I'm glad we got to yeah, catch up. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, everybody, we've been talking to Dave Hingerty, <laughs> drummer extraordinaire, um, uh, one of our favorite people. We're really glad we got a chance to catch up with you, man. Thanks for coming on, Dave. It's nice to see you. Thanks. All really, right. really. Love, I love us. Thanks a million. Thanks. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Bye. Thanks. Thanks.